So it seems like a setup, like it's God, so he knows what's going on. So he sends them out, he's praying, and then the storm comes. Now you realize that these are not stories about Jesus. This is good news. That's different than just a story. Good news is the gospel. That's what the gospel word means, good news. These messengers of good news are meant to be reached to you and me today as well as in the first century. So the evangelists, without them knowing it, are giving us nourishment, our minds and hearts and faith, centuries after they wrote. They just did what the Holy Spirit inspired them to do with the tools that they had to do their pens, their ink, their parchment, and so on. So the storm is up. Now again, don't forget, because it's good news, we're not telling stories about Jesus only. We're talking about ourselves. So if we were to put ourselves into that gospel story today, where would we be? Would we have said to Jesus, no, I'm going to come with you, Jesus, I'll go pray. Or, because we were fishermen, okay, Jesus said, we'll meet him on the other side. He'll get there somehow, so let's get in the boat and go. Would you obey Jesus? Obey is kind of funny, but they're his disciples, so yes, he was a teacher, so he told them what to do. And they're out in the middle of the lake. They call it a sea, Sea of Galilee. It's huge, it's a big lake. And then the storm comes up. It's the storm of life. It's the thing that aggravates you and me the most. Whether it's the illness of a loved one, unemployment, marital discord, marital infidelity, kids growing up not knowing what the direction is. The storms of life is what's brewing on the lake. Yeah, it's water and rain and wind and all that good stuff. But the context this is not just another preacher. This is not, you know, Jesus, Mary's son, all that good stuff. No, he's more than born in the flesh. He's God. And this gospel brings out both parts of who he is as God and man. As man, he went to speak in prayer to the Father. As God, he sends his apostles onto the lake with the knowledge of what's going to happen. Don't forget, he's God. He can control the wind and the sea. Don't forget, his father created the earth, the sea, the waters. He is God. So we can't forget that he's just not another prophet, rabbi, praying, having fed 5,000. A little, little uh, surprising for a common rabbi, but this is not a common rabbi. So as the storm is going crazy, the wind, the boat, and when I was in uh, Holy Land last year, as a matter of fact, we went to a little museum on the Sea of Galilee that's dedicated to a boat that was found from the period of Jesus. It was not necessarily the disciples' boat. It was a fishing boat. It was big. It was like this side of the aisle to that side. Big. 
it held a lot of guys or women if they were, flo were floating as well and fishing. So it was a big boat, but still it was in the middle of the sea and it was being wrapped around. Who knows what happened to the sails? And things are tough, they're, they're, they're tense. You, you can imagine each of the disciples frightened, trying to help one another, trying to help themselves. And we think of our sisters and brothers in Hawaii right now. That's a major disaster in our country's life, in Hawaii's life, in the life of every person being affected by the great fires. If we put ourselves in that disaster, we can sort of get a picture of what it was like on the sea, surrounded by water and that fire, and we didn't know where our lives were going. Away from Hawaii, away from Galilee, into our own homes. You know what I mean. If you've never had a chaos, chaotic moment in your life, God bless you. If you had any kind of suffering, any kind of fear, any kind of prayer that you were wondering, will they ever be answered, put yourself there in that boat. That's why the gospel is giving us life today. That's what the gospel message is all about today. They, the apostles, were in this terrible situation, but so many of us are in terrible situations throughout the world and throughout our lives. And what happens? You wouldn't believe what happened. And that's exactly what the guys on the boat said. Somebody looked in the storm and the wind and the fire and the, the lightning, and they said, look, I can't see straight, but that looks like Jesus walking on the water. Get out of here, the others probably, probably said. I wasn't there. Are you nuts? Who could walk? Who can stand in this, this weather? Let me walk on the water. I mean, you, you almost want to say, one of them probably said, probably John, probably said, he is God after all. But that doesn't come out here. Because this gospel story is a lesson for you and for me. That in the storms of our lives, and I have to again use Hawaii as an example, some human lives will be taken. Some human lives will be saved for greater purposes. So in the storm on the lake, all the lives that we hear about in the boat and Jesus coming toward them were saved, physically saved. Again, this is gospel. For greater purposes, their lives were saved for greater purposes. And at the point of the gospel writing, we don't know what those purposes were. When the gospel was written, they knew what the purpose were because the, the, those apostles were already martyred for their faith. They hung on to Jesus, hella high water. They're holding on to Jesus, and many of them lost their lives because of their faith in this one walking across the water. So he comes toward them, and I, I love, I, I mean, Peter's my favorite of, of the apostles because he's got a big mouth. He always is the first one to speak, the first one to act. I've got to tell you a story about Peter. This is according to the Gospel of, of Santa Rosalia, my grandmother. 
She says, she tried to teach me and Michael how to share and how to be good brothers and all this stuff. And um, she says, one day, you know, you got, you got to follow Jesus, not even the apostles sometimes. Because one day, Peter, who was always the biggest mouth, who always had to be done first, who ha always had to get the biggest part, part of the pie, and he's always there in front, is told by Jesus and the other apostles, he tells, um, you guys are hungry. Yeah, yeah, we're hungry. Everybody, go, go get a, a rock. Go, go pick up a rock, and, and I'll bless it, and we'll have bread. Okay. This is the gospel according to my grandmother, not, not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, each of the apostles gets a piece of bread, a rock. They bring it over to Jesus. Where's Peter? Here's Peter. He's rolling up a boulder like this. Rolling up a boulder. <laughs> and, and Jesus didn't speak Italian. I guess he could have, but he didn't. But the way the Gospel according to Santa Rosalia goes, he said, Mo, I say it to the now you got what you want, sit on it. So he brought this biggest boulder because he wanted the biggest loaf of bread. And Jesus told him, sit on it. You, you missed the point, Peter. You can't go for what you want. You got to go for what you need and what we can share with each other. You want that big rock turned into a loaf of bread? Sit on it and wait for it to turn into a loaf of bread. That's the, now you got to hear the whole thing in Italian with the Sicilian accent. It's much, much better. So the apostles arguing probably. It looks like Jesus. Ah, it looks like Jesus. It's a storm. It's the sea, the, the lightning. Why did get that? It's Jesus. And Jesus makes himself known in the midst of a disaster. Forget the sea, forget the apostles. Think today, think us. In the middle of the disaster, Jesus makes himself known. And as the first reading, and we've got to go back to that because we might miss the point, the prophet is running away for his life from Jezebel. Jezebel was a, uh, a pagan queen, Ahab the Israelite king married her and she brought some of her gods and goddesses into the temple and she hired her own priests and that was all a disgrace for the temple. So Elijah the prophet spars with her, eventually wipes out her priests and now he's running for his life. And Ahab, the husband and king, Hey, whatever Jezebel wants, Jezebel gets. So he's running away for his life. Now he's only doing, Elijah's only doing what God told him to do. Represent him, represent God, represent the covenant. And be proud of it. And in the meantime, those who are not part of the covenant or who want to destroy the covenant are going to be wiped away. So he's running to his life and he runs up on to Mount Horeb. Now the, the, the word Horeb and, and the Mount Sinai are all intermingled. The, the key is, it's a mountaintop. I said the names are used by different tribes. So he goes on the mountaintop, and he goes in toward a cave. This is now, those of you who travel to the Holy Land or want to know about the Holy Land, Mount Carmel. 
where the order of the Carmelites was founded. And when, we, when people go to the Holy Land, they go to Elijah's mountainside cave and they experience their own prayer with, with Our Lady of Mount Carmel. But in the meantime, so Elijah's in the mountain cave, fearful. They're going to come. The, the soldiers of Ahab are coming to get me. And the message comes to him, God is going to speak to you. Good. I'm in a cave. I'm listening for God. And there's thunder and lightning. And he doesn't hear God's voice. And then there's rain and, and wind. Doesn't hear God's voice. He hears all sorts of clatter outside in creation. Doesn't hear God's voice. It all calms down. And in the word of the scriptures, after all that fire, there was a tiny whispering sound. And when he heard this, Elijah hid his face. That was God speaking to him. So God doesn't come, he's not a short order God. He doesn't come on demand. When God's ready for you and for me, he comes to us. When God knows we need him, he comes to us, but we've got to have the faith to open ourselves up to him, to accept him on his terms, which means not on my terms. I know what I want. God knows what he wants too. And he's got a little power, so he gets what he wants. So back to the sea, it's Jesus walking toward us. And Jesus says, don't be afraid, it's me, it, it is I. And the reason they use that phrase is because it goes back to the Old Testament, ego Amy, I am God. When Moses said to uh, God, who should I tell the Pharaoh is sending me? I. Tell them I. Ego Amy is sending you. I am is sending you. They don't know what that means, but we do. So when Jesus says, it's I, whoa, this is certainly a manifestation of everything we've seen him do. We saw him raise the dead. We saw him multiply bread. We saw him all sorts of things. But walking on the water in the middle of the storm? Again, this is for us. This is gospel. This is good news for us to keep in our hearts and minds as we pray for any intention, for our own relatives and families, for Hawaii, for the, the state of our country. He comes to us and he reaches out his hands to every one of us. It is I. Don't be afraid. And he's not going to look like the calm, good shepherd, cuddly little lamb on his shoulder, walking with a stick. He's in the middle of a storm. And he says to you and me, come to me. And Peter jumps out of the boat, not realizing, walking on water. Because his focus is Jesus. Keep that in mind. When our focus is Jesus, all the 
garbage around us can pile up, can pile up, can pile up. All the, the, the anxiety of life can pile up. But if our focus is on Jesus, we're going to be saved. Say Our bodies be saved? Not necessarily, but who we are, the essence of who we are, our souls, our eternal lives will be saved. If we focus on Jesus and accept him when he reaches out his hands to us. And that's what happened to Peter. I, 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 I'm falling, Lord. I, I, I know it's you, but I'm, I, you know, I'm on water. I'm, help me. And he does. He says something that we got to hear every day in our lives. You have little faith. Little faith? I'm drowning out here. There's a storm out here. What little faith? Compared to who's reaching out to you, you have little faith. Jesus is reaching out to us. Jesus puts his hands out and says to Peter, as Peter's sinking, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When things go awry on earth, and Hawaii is not the only example. We can call talk about the persecutions in Africa. We could talk about Ukraine. We can talk about our streets. When, when things are really messed up in our lives, and in the world especially, this kind of a gospel could, should, serve as a strengthening ex- example of God with us through Jesus. In the middle of all of it, he's with us, and he reaches out his hands. And again, we've got to grab that hand in faith and believe in him. We get our bodies at times of suffering. Our world is suffering. But he's telling us, don't doubt, I'm with you. Now, most of us know life like this certain amount of years, certain amount of geography, and all that. That's what life is for us. But we are Christians. The reason God became a human being is to encourage us to become like God, to go to God through Jesus. He's the conduit. He's the door. He's the hand that God is sending to us. And to hold on to that hand, especially when things are terrible, especially when we're at a... a person's sick bed, especially at, at the side of, of a grave. Hold on to his hand. It's God who reaches out to us in faith. Don't miss the faith piece. Don't miss the good news piece. And the good news is Jesus Christ comes to us to bring us to the Father.